This is Verve, the style podcast, your only source for everything fashion on the internet. We're your hosts. I'm Katie Gassman. And I'm Anna Grace Averett. With a combined 10 years of experience in e-commerce fashion, from buying and styling to visual merchandising and content creation, Katie and I know firsthand how the internet is reshaping the fashion industry. We sit down with your favorite creators and the next wave of innovators to discuss how they're pushing fashion forward and break down five of their favorite fits. On our solo episodes, we get into the latest fashion news, runway shows, internet trends, pop culture. It's basically like going to happy hour with your fashion besties. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and follow along on TikTok and Instagram to see what we're wearing. I'm at Katie Gassman, two S's, two N's. And I'm at Anna Grace Averett. That's A, V as in Valentino, E-R-E-T-T. So sit back with your mandatory three beverages and enjoy the show. Why am I so excited? I'm like giggly. I'm also excited. Hi, everybody. We're so excited to talk to you. Guys, we missed you. Yes. And by that, I mean we are just sitting in a room looking at each other, but like just the environment, the energy. The energy. I've had thoughts, so many thoughts. I'm so excited for our new format that we're introducing. Yes. I'm so excited for the topics inside of said format. I'm so excited for this little attachment we have on our microphones now. Yes, we're up-leveling on so many different levels. Yes, yes, yes. But since we haven't talked to each other in a minute, let's catch up. What have you been doing? Let's see. We had a nice little summer break for those of you who did not realize. We have not posted in a few weeks. Um, I feel like I've just been doing all the typical Maryland summer things. Yes. Went to the beach, ate crabs, swam, yes. fireworks for the 4th of July. Right. Like, just all the fun summer we had stuff. A national holiday, I guess. I forgot. Like we're I not celebrating that. Well, that too. <laughs> that too. You know, coping with the stresses of the world by shopping, like all the good things. Ooh, what have you bought recently? I went thrifting yesterday, actually, mm. at this place in my boyfriend's hometown, and I always say that like middle of nowhere thrift stores are the best. Facts. Because it's not a chain. Because chains are overpriced these days. I know you just made a TikTok oh, about that. Oh, yes. I had a great time at Goodwill. I had some good purchases, but it was a little bit inflated. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this store I went to, all the clothing a dollar. Wow. Which makes me go a bit overboard and excessive. Like, I've eh. done it twice now, but eh. I'm like, they also don't have a fitting room, but I'm like, well, it's a dollar. So Yeah, right. Exactly. Um. Anyway, so I bought a bunch of stuff, including the little outfit I'm wearing now. I have this body glove 90s mm-hmm. blue floral dress on yes and I, then i oh. i was just gonna say very 90s immediately thought that uh, thank you and then i have these little slides also 90s i feel like some 90s queen just like donated all of her stuff in my size and i was like i'll buy all of wait it. the shoes are new too yes yeah no i'm telling you this this haul is huge like i bought Ooh. so much stuff okay at anna grace Avery on tiktok everyone it's coming it's to coming see the images i had to wash everything first and mm-hmm. do a little care but i got a lot of good graphic t-shirts which i have realized i don't have any that i'd like to wear uh, yes 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 recently a classic um, problem a lot of like just 90s minimalist staple things although i do have a problem with like all of the it's all my size but all of the armholes i feel like are tiny oh weird and i'm like do i have big shoulders <laughs> i don't know i i do like pilates and yoga and bar for like the past like eight years so i feel like i really built up my shoulders mm, yes so i don't know if, or did people just have really tiny shoulders back then i don't know it's never I, been a problem for me before no i'm unsure perhaps it was this singular queen had really small arms and she had everything tailored oh 
I like that option the best. We're saying that. But I washed everything and I just literally tried to stretch out the armpits when it was wet. <laughs> it's so not bad. I will report back. Not that bad, but I'm like, there could be a little wiggle room yeah. for improvement. Yeah, there's always room for comfort. Yeah, and with that, you also went to the beach. What did you do? Oh, yeah. I have also been busy. She's been a traveling girly. Um, so Cross country and back. Yeah. <laughs> We live on the East Coast, obviously, and so flew all the way to L.A., had obviously that time difference. Then in the middle of that same week, was in the central time zone, um, got caught up on all of my Midwest nice, soaked it all in, ate some tater tots, had a great time, (laughs) and then made my way back to the East Coast, went up to New Jersey last weekend, had a Jersey Shore weekend, but like a bougie one. Okay, I need to hear the reviews. Never been to the Jersey Shore. Yes. Okay, so my review is pretty raving because we went to Ocean Grove, New Jersey, and went to this beautiful little, like... It was a Christian beach. And like, that's like, what does that mean? I'll break it down. But that was like what was given to me. My mouth was open and my jaw was dropped (laughs) because I was like, never heard of a Christian beach, but continue. Okay. Continuing the church owns this land, this big chunk of land, including the beach. And so I guess everybody who lives on this land pays an HOA to the church and the New Jersey beaches are not free. You pay for them, right? Yeah. Okay. So is that a normal thing? Because yeah, it was $8 to get onto this beach. I heard that's like a standard for all New Jersey beaches, but I have never encountered that in my life. Oh, okay. Well, honestly, good to know because I thought it was a Christian thing and I was like, damn, this seems really wrong. But yeah. <laughs> it was very cute. So well manicured. They had these little camping tents, like glamping tents, but mm-hmm. people own them, I guess. They stay there year round. Very vibey. Um, and yeah, the beach was really nice. There was like no music, no drinking, no like large groups. Okay. Um, so it was, like I said, really relaxing. chill. Yeah. Like relaxing. The ocean was really nice. I don't really get in the ocean because I don't like to like be touched by things. When you feel seaweed on your yeah. leg is mm-hmm. like the most terrifying thing ever. Big nope. But this beach was very seaweed free and the sand underneath was only sand. No sticks, no rocks do they like rake it i'm unsure but i really enjoyed it maybe they do maybe that's what they do with their eight dollars i was gonna say that's gotta lead to a nice perk somewhere yeah so that umbrellas was, anything like that we had an umbrella totally fine okay yeah um but that was it so did that had a great time went to a uh, shout out to paradise which is a gay disco in Ooh, Ocean Grove, New Jersey. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> Inside of the Empress Hotel. Had a fabulous time. Incredible ambiance, honestly. <laughs> like the vibes were immaculate. So that has been my little recap. I also went thrifting. Um, posted some TikToks at Katie Gassman. We're just going to plug ourselves yes. consistently uh-huh. from now on. And vice versa. We're working on a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Of like right, talking exactly. about the fact that we have a podcast. So right. We're exactly. learning. We're growing. We're yes, learning and growing. <laughs> we're up leveling at every juncture now th- these days. And with that, we have a new podcast format. Exactly. So we're calling this our pop culture episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell we're not great with naming things. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to do a little research um, on some, you know, yeah. hotter names. Yeah. But for now, that's what we have. And the idea of it is that we're going to take stories news from the past month or so Mm -hmm. and just give you all the pop culture updates that you need to know at once um they all kind of tie into each other this month and we're going to give you our unsolicited opinions yes because you're listening to our podcast right exactly so disclaimer these are our opinions i guess (laughs) 
Do we need to disclaim that? I feel like you enter that space knowing this. Oh, so one of my favorite podcasts just had to introduce a disclaimer at the front of their podcast. And I'm like, right. It's a podcast. Feels inherent. Yeah. Like, we're not representing anyone but our own thoughts. <laughs> truly always and forever. Like we are our own bosses. Exactly. Yeah. Girl boss. Yeah. Girl boss moment. <laughs> All right. Speaking of girl bosses. Yeah. Girl bosses. <laughs> Fabulous transition, AG. We watched the Victoria's Secret documentary and... I feel like these types of documentaries have been coming out. What was that Von Dutch one? The Abercrombie and Fitch one. Mm-hmm. There's this new interest, I suppose, in fashion business and what it takes to run a fashion business. This one was obviously very intriguing to us as girls who grew up in the 2000s when Victoria's Secret reigned supreme. So this documentary gave us all of that backstory, all about Les Wexner, the upbringing that brought him to the point of wanting to create a women's lingerie brand and plot twist it was really just a Jeffrey Epstein documentary in Victoria's Secret clothing I was shocked I was like okay Jeffrey Epstein has ties here I was like not that surprising sure but then I just kept going this is a three-part documentary on Hulu Mm -hmm. 45 minutes an hour to each episode Mm -hmm. um more than half of it was about Jeffrey Epstein I was like I want more Victoria's Secret angels a thousand percent like we started out strong, right? We got some back history on Victoria's Secret. We're learning about this man, uh, Les Wexner, yada, yada. Owner of the L Group, yep. Unlimited, Bath and Body Works. Yep. The reason that there is anywhere to work in the fashion industry in the middle of bumfuck Columbus, Ohio. Yes. Like, it's incredible, I suppose, what he built, but he was kind of low-key a perv, like... Aren't they all? Wouldn't you expect, right? He created a lingerie brand. Right. Like, it seems inherent. Yes. And it started out by telling us that what we already knew, which was that Victoria's Secret is basically a men's fantasy, like the female gaze via the male gaze, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it started off with this, like, English countryside vibe when they had the catalogs, and it was, like, pretty classy women with, like, robes covering their lingerie, like, in a cottage. And then... I would say like late 90s, early 2000s, they introduced Victoria's Secret Angel. Mm-hmm. And that's when they were like balls to the walls, bras, tits, guns, the explosions. Angels. Right, exactly. Coming out of a spaceship, like insane. Yes. And that obviously skyrocketed them. But like we said, it turned into a Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> documentary at some point. Uh, yeah, the founder, he like signed over tons of his business to Jeffrey Epstein, gave him power of attorney over a bunch of stuff. He literally like billions of dollars, right? Literally moved in into his pool house Mm -hmm. in the backyard. And around this time is also when they introduced the pink line to Victoria's Secret, which I like got icky, icky, icky about because obviously the whole thing about Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein is that he was preying on young women. And then this man who has a massive lingerie brand suddenly that you have massive influence on suddenly starts making lingerie for young girls seems a little sus if you ask me mm-hmm. and you're listening to this so you did ask me we so. are asking you <laughs> so what is your like thoughts and opinions about like let's say the victoria's secret influence on culture mm-hmm. and maybe how they are downfalling now well right so that was what i wanted more of agreed at the, at the very end of the last episode they kind of got into the decline of victoria's secret and they made the point right that they just didn't pivot like less kept them in the past when this bombshell image of a woman was all anyone wanted to present in the media even though 
not everybody looks that way. And after the Me Too movement, women started to be more vocal, more free, more speaking their mind, et cetera. And Victoria's Secret just like didn't adapt to that environment very well. Mm -hmm. And now apparently the angels are no more, which I learned from this documentary. I didn't think I actually realized that either. Yeah, they're gone. They now have a thing called VS Collective, which is a collection of models. So it's like, you know, kind of the same thing, but just different shaped. Well, people. they have, um, what's her face? Um, soccer player. Oh yeah. They Megan Rapone. Like, so it's yeah. not just models, but it's like influential women. Right. Who are now modeling. Yes. And, but the fact that I didn't know that seems a little alarming for the state of the company. I will say I really enjoyed in the, you know, early 2010s like watching the Victoria's Secret show like it was a big event like you would get together with your friends or with big musical guests they did showmanship and experience so well which mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the consumer and as someone who works in retail I think it's really impressive when brands can pull off this like you know creating a world but that world did not evolve with the times right and it seems like a missed opportunity that instead of like trying to take that showmanship and like that world into this new era of women, you know, being actually sexually confident and that being right. a different image than what men perceive women as that they had this opportunity to like combine those two, but instead they just like shoved the showmanship away mm -hmm. and they adopted the like, um, millennial earth yeah, tone, like self love, minimal, like, like, yeah, not they were just conforming to what was working for other people. Like third love, which was mentioned in the documentary mm -hmm. And I thought it was cool how they had the third love founder and the we are yeah. ha founder of like these modern lingerie brands speaking to like, this is why we created our brands because right. this is what was in the marketplace. I don't know. It just feels like they waited too long to make any sort of change. And then they were just grasping at straws. Inauthentic. For yeah. some reason it did not occur to them or they actively decided to not just put larger women, trans women, black women, et cetera, on the runway in their wings and all of the right like you said the showmanship yeah it wouldn't have been that fucking hard and then Fenty came in and did it right right, right. and I guess maybe because they didn't react quickly enough that had that was done like Rihanna has taken over that role mm -hmm. so good for her snaps to Rihanna snaps yeah so overall it wasn't quite what I wanted out of a Victoria's Secret documentary because I don't know I didn't care to learn about Jeffrey Epstein again. But also, documentaries are just like these these three part, four part series. They're too long. Yeah, shrink it down. I cut it out. I did not realize that it was a three part until I opened it up. I was fully expecting to sit down for like an hour and a half, maybe. Which you know, whatever. It's half the amount of time. I guess that's a big chunk. But having like three episodes feels daunting for a documentary. They kept like repeating things too. At some point, I was like, move on. Yeah, like maybe, let's yeah. go. In the end, we just wanted to learn more about the models, right? Like, we wanted to see and hear from them a little more than I think that we did. There were some in there, but mm -hmm. not a ton. There was a bigger opportunity, like, to be talking to them. I would really like to see a cool Playboy documentary or something like that. There's been some, and they haven't... Again, I think not, documentaries are mostly boring these days. Well, uh, how do we revive that? I don't know. Let a woman direct it? <laughs> well, you know. Actually, I don't know if one did or not for this, but... Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> 
But it just feels like a woman did not direct it. So whatever. Yeah, because it was all about Jeffrey Epstein. Maybe if we had a model direct it. Um, like one of my favorite models of all time. Mm, she could be. She's having a bit of a resurgence. Yes, and that is Miss Kate Moss. We mentioned on our headlines on a past episode that she is now the creative director of Diet Coke. She also recently starred in a Zara campaign, which led us to this question. Is Kate Moss having a renaissance? And to that, I say yes. I really think that she is. I also have seen Anne Hathaway as having a bit of a renaissance. Like Mm. people are after COVID, obviously Kate Moss has been gone way longer than that from the spotlight, but after all of this weirdness for the last couple of years, like people are feeling like now is the time to reinvent. Exactly. Because they're probably bored and they're like, it's time to come. Okay. So anyway, I read a book over the past week or so called Champagne Supernovas. And it is all about 90s fashion. It is centered around Kate Moss, Marc Jacobs, and Alexander McQueen as kind of like the spearheads of 90s fashion. And so I have a very cohesive timeline of Kate Moss's career. So let's run it down. Yep, let's hear about it. So Kate Moss started modeling at the age of 14 in the late 80s. Okay. Super young, scouted in the airport. People saw her in like the books and they were kind of like, at the time, the 80s was very glamazon model yes, yes girl next door like just typically gorgeous what you would think of so you have like Sydney Crawford Naomi Campbell Christy Turlington Linda Linda Evangelista and so Kate was this very different looking face mm-hmm. in the book they say quite a lot that she was like more of an average looking beauty and that mm. people who knew her in real life were kind of shocked that she was becoming a model because she wasn't necessarily like distinctively gorgeous well and she's not super tall right She's 5'7", right. which is short for a model. Models are typically six foot-ish mm-hmm. around there. So there had not been a model of this size that had achieved the level of stardom since Twiggy in the 60s. So it's been a very long time. Twiggy was small too? Mm-hmm. Mm, had no just, idea. I feel like they both have like kind of a petite – I say petite. She's 5'7", which is my height. But yeah. for a model, a more petite structure that's more like gamine, like – yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of a, a boyish shape let's mm-hmm. say like Kate Moss was also like pretty flat chested and like she was very skinny and was Twiggy, known yes. for this like waif body type is how right. they discovered it um how they described it and she had imperfections in her teeth her eyes were not exactly symmetrical so she just had a very interesting look but in the 90s people were really rejecting you know obviously the 80s aesthetics of bright colors of perfection mm. of being like overdone and reverting back to this like grunge indie rave subculture that was happening so kate became the it model she signed with calvin klein in 1993 becoming the face of the brand helped revive calvin klein that was on the verge of bankruptcy basically by the late 80s and her first shoot was actually with mark Wahlberg. and oh, how weird right it's not weird to think about but she was like he was a complete douche oh no she was he was so mean to her but basically in the beginning of kate moss's career she was like asked to be topless a lot and she was mm. like I'm in a Calvin Klein ad. I'm supposed to be selling a bra. Why do you want me to be topless? And this was very <laughs> difficult for her because she had like, she was flat chested and she had like a mole on one of her, che- uh, like on one, one of her boobs. So she was in a radio interview for BBC, which she is notorious for never giving interviews. And part of that relates back to this whole cru- cool girl, mysterious persona mm. that she's encapsulated. So it was intentional. It was intentional. And also I read that, like some manager told her not to talk because her accent was so bad because she was part oh, of a really? like 
she was from a less savory part of London. Oh, yeah. I feel like they're really specific about their accents. And yeah, they're like, it's very like neighborhood based. Mm-hmm. So basically, she came out on Sunday and had this big like last Sunday, like yesterday, two days ago. Yes. And so she's talking about how early in her modeling career, she was made super uncomfortable with photographers. Mind you, again, she's underage at that point. Right. Like, I would hope by the Calvin Klein thing she was 18, but I'm not exactly but, sure. But, like, that honestly, who knows? But she was really young. Anyway, it made her very uncomfortable. And then she became the kind of image of the heroin chic aesthetic in mm-hmm. the 90s. She was very, like, real skinny, which, again, I think the 80s models were a little more, like, of an athletic build. Mm-hmm. And so people were literally spray painting on her ads on the side of buses of, like, feed me. And then she talks about in the book, she was like, I was working all day and no one took care of me to, like, provide me lunch or any food. And then she was partying all night. So it's right. like she, – she was embodying that aesthetic, but she now – I was like speaking in this interview about how she felt like she was the scapegoat for all of fashion's like mm. parties at the time. I mean, she was the like poster child, certainly. Like every like when you say heroin chic, when you say any of those things, like Kate Moss is the blueprint, mm-hmm. and that's not her fault. It just is that like she was the blueprint. <laughs> like you know, right? And part like, of that she was, was the model. She was super skinny, and she partied, and everyone wanted to be that. Exactly. And like part of that too was with her like kind of best friend and like mentor at the time when she was coming up with a photographer, Corinne Day. And she was who she was who made the photography of that aesthetic popular. Mm. She started shooting models in these like rundown buildings and in these fields and like Runs, partying right, and stuff. Yeah. So it like wasn't just Kate that was creating that aesthetic, but it was like, you know, again, part of the like the creative direction of like her modeling career and the way that the nineties turned out. And then obviously you have Tom Ford Gucci coming in very like overtly sexy ads like this was all revolutionary where at the time you wouldn't probably blink an eyelash now if we saw these kind of ads but back then it was like that was not done you did not talk about that so in 2005 the Guardian released photos of her doing like a bunch of coke and that kind of like (laughs) killed her career for a bit yeah um she lost contracts with like major houses like Chanel and I feel like she kind of went back underground for a bit until about 2016 she created her own modeling agency, the Kate Moss agency, signed her daughter. Wait, so when did she like kind of fall down? So there's like two parts. In the late 90s, you have Giselle Butchton come in. Oh, yeah. And she comes in as like the new it model. And I think that coincides with the Victoria's Secret Angels, late 90s, and she was one of them. Right. And so I think you kind of have, again, this turn in aesthetics back to this girl next door, more athletic build girl of like someone who's more sportier looking let's Mm -hmm. say so then that's when kate kind of like falls off as the it model but she's still like a style icon like if you look at my pinterest boards like it's all (laughs) kate moss like she was really well known for blending like vintage thrift finds with like high-end designer stuff and she almost never like wore labels so they were kind of like seamlessly blended together so she it was always a style icon, but I think she started to be used in campaigns less and less. Yeah. The Guardian came out, and I think she just kind of, like, took a step back, focused on being a mother is what she said. But now her daughter, Lila Grace, is 19, so I feel like it's the perfect time that she's, like, her daughter's probably going out on her own, that she's be able to, like, make a resurgence. And as oh, time yeah. has passed, she's sober now. She enjoys gardening in her countryside English home. That sounds fabulous. Right. Who so, wouldn't love that? Exactly. So I'm really, I feel like these 
you know, the interview that she never does. Like the fact that she's the creative director of Diet Coke, which I think a little bit of a BS position. I don't really know how much is happening there. I don't know. I find that really funny because it's like not funny, like haha funny, just very, I guess, more like of a good business move, like a comfortable enough rebrand. It's like a cheeky nod to her partying days. Mark Jacobs also previously held that position. Right. They're very tied in the past and the same Mark Jacobs was like a huge partier. Like, yeah, it all makes sense. And then you have like the Zara campaign, which like, Kate's still model. She modeled for Skims recently too, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like she has something up her sleeve. It feels like when someone who's kind of been underground-ish for a while starts coming to light with all these like jobs and interviews that like she's prepping, gearing up for something. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited for what that is. Because she's only ever designed collections for Topshop twice. Okay, so you're thinking it's going to be a design thing? I'm hoping. Ooh, okay, okay. And I actually do have a dress from her Topshop collection. And? Uh, I wore it to my, I believe, senior year homecoming. Cute. I'll have to show you. It's really cute. I still have it, but it's like this pink and orange metallic, and it's like a scuba neoprene material popular for the time. yes, yes, yes. It's like a fitted top, strapless, and then kind of like a a circle skater skirt, like very... I guess at the time it came out, I think in 2013, that the second Topshop collection came out. Okay. And then I found it on clearance at Nordstrom Rack. Oh, the best. And then I wore it on my senior photos, too. Oh, that's so cute. But I still have it. I'm like, I don't know where to wear this because it's a very particular dress. I really don't think I am ever going to tire of, like, 2010 to 2013 just aesthetic. Or 2009 to 2013. We need I'm to do, like, a little episode about, like the homecoming prom dress aesthetics oh my gosh yeah that would be so fun it'd be so fun it'd be so wildly different than what girls girls today look hot they're wearing like corsets these like silk slip dresses i'm like you should see like people were wearing all those like embellished cutout these wild prints like looking like it came off bubble skirts roberto cavalli yes 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 yes, yes. bubble skirts yes i had a watercolor one that was kind of like that it Mm -hmm. had like the beaded straps with the crisscross and the not good not good but anyway we love kate moss Mm -hmm. we are excited to see what she does and we are happy to have her back around and speaking of kate moss vibes i have a theory Mm. That Emma Chamberlain. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. Is the Kate Moss to Gen Z. Yes. That the Kate Moss was to Gen X. I think that Emma Chamberlain getting to be who she is and as big as she is and have the influence that she does is kind of bringing in a new era. Like, I mean, people are getting their BBLs taken out. Like, people are perhaps shifting their body aesthetics. Similarly, from like the 80s to the 90s, we're going from like, 2010s to what's coming in the 20s it literally just flops back and forth because like which is why you should never get trendy plastic surgery exactly but i feel like emma kind of has that same unique beauty look she's Mm. not like a typical gorgeous stunner but she she is very interesting she's interesting to look at and honestly i love an interesting looking person exactly and she has the same kind of effortless cool style mixing thrifting and designer she's clearly got the interest of these larger houses and of the fashion industry i feel like this is in part with her relationship to Derek blasberg who was Mm. the head of fashion at youtube he just left like a week ago or something but i feel like he likely saw her picked her introduced her to louis vuitton who she works with now Mm. introduced her to anna wintour at vogue because she was interviewing people for the met gala now that's so cool 
so cool Love and we're manifesting her. what yeah. when, when she gets tired or too famous to do that we'll yes, step in we will step in no problem yeah we'll um but i really feel like i see such parallels with their like aesthetics emma's not a big partier so i don't want to like associate that with her image yeah but but she's also vibes. like dating like a rock star like where he's a you know a musical guy but like same vibe it's the 2022 version of kate moss and i 2022 ha- version of kate moss does not party exactly she takes green supplements she does wellness shots she has ibs yeah <laughs> but speaking of emma the reason why she's on this list as well is because she's back on youtube after her six month hiatus i feel like she's going through the you know 20 struggle of like what am i doing with my life how old is she 21 oh she was like i'm quitting youtube but then i was like how long is that gonna last like this is what you're known for if i didn't have college as an anchor when i was 18 to 22 no telling where i'd be could lead you have some sense of like i'm doing something for some reason right and she was like what am i doing what am i doing right exactly like i have a coffee company i have a youtube and she was like i just got to the point i was like why am i just posting videos of myself like standing around doing nothing complaining about life <laughs> so i feel like she needed a little hiatus she needs a break and then she comes back on to jimmy fallon and i think that same week that she's on jimmy fallon is when she released her first youtube video coming back love that a youtube video is getting jimmy fallon attention like that's wild right oh my did you see jimmy fallon's gobstalker gob stopper inspired sneakers that he just released no so they're all white and then as you wear them they like wear away Shut different colors i kind of love it yeah no they're sick but love jimmy fallon yeah more on that jimmy later <laughs> <laughs> but i just feel like she took time to like step back look at her brand and like has reapproached it i think emma is also like super relatable with the younger yeah. generation because she's very well spoken she's able to like articulate her thoughts and like be relatable with her viewers in a way that like makes you feel like you're her friend she does the same through her podcast Mm -hmm. and it's just like no you can tell why she's a star and I'm really excited that she's like embracing it yeah that she's coming back around that she's putting content out for people yeah yeah I mean I'm sure it would be really difficult to be like we said 21 and you have all this fame what do you do with it Mm mm-hmm but I feel like she's getting a handle her YouTube videos now are a little more like artsy. Like I love she does these mm. scenic photos with or scenic videos with these like classical music soundtracks on them. And then it's just her being goofy still. So you still get her personality, but it's like the elevated, more adult version of it. And she but she not but but and she really sets trends on social media. Like she mm-hmm. is the photo dump. Exactly. That is all her. Right. And so I'm very interested as well to see what this new YouTube era for her introduces for the rest of us. Yeah. Speaking of, she got a lot of attention lately on TikTok about creating conversation that the idea of like what social media fame is and what celebrities are is going to be a shift in the culture, Mm. which I found very interesting. I listened to... Oh, yeah. I listened to this too. Yes. So I listened to all three of... There's like three that came out in this little series. Yep. And she basically articulated the idea that everyone is either going to go one or two ways. Mm -hmm. Either being internet famous will mean nothing because the benchmarks will get higher. Like if you have a million followers, well, you're not going to be like... like 
it doesn't mean as much anymore. It doesn't mean as much. Or that everyone will be kind of Instagram famous. Or, like, not Instagram, internet famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, like, so she's, like, basically, there's no longer can there be these, like, few people that reign supreme on the internet. Because there's so many people on there now. There's so much content being put out now. So it's kind of, like, where is this going to go? Right. And I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think, um... My problem is that I actually do think about this a lot and I don't come up with an answer and then I get anxious because like, what is the future period question mark rather because and we have so much insight into people's everyday lives. That was the other part of it. Yeah. Of like celebrities. There used to be this like mystique about them that you didn't know what, how their lives were. I guess. And now you know too much. I think, okay, here's where I think it goes is that this is the very beginning of the metaverse in its most like abstract form because we will just choose to interact with who we want to choose to interact with on the internet the same way that we do in real life and then we just like continuously live our lives online yeah and I don't know that I'm really ready for that okay I kind of had a reverse theory oh let's hear it because I like that better basically like we're talking about aesthetic swing from decade to decade I think that we are going to enter a period that people are bored by these everyday vlogs, knowing details about everyone's life that like cultivating a mysterious personality online will take you further. Cool thing. Yeah. I think it's like like taking a step back. I like that. I think we've swung too far in the open book direction that people who you don't know everything about their lives are going to be more appealing than people who you know everything about their lives. Ooh. And that kind of, the people that I've been seeing a lot on TikTok right now, it's like so just constant stream of consciousness type of posting. And that stresses me out a little bit. Like I, if I go to your profile, I can't like get a quick read on who you are as a person because you just have so much content. Mm -hmm. You're like replying with a video to every comment. Like I kind of hate when people do that. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, I, I want to be able to understand who you are by looking at your profile quickly. It's a business at the end of the day. It is. And I completely agree with you. And maybe that's like my, you know, inner Scorpio talking that I want things <laughs> to be mysterious. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'll just keep talking forever and ever and ever and ever. Yes. But so there's some metaverse thoughts for you. Yeah. The metaverse is tough. Um, let's rewind take our brains down a notch because you do not have to think too hard to think about the kardashians and <laughs> i love them for that they are an endless stream of trash and culture and amazingness at all points so of course the latest with the kardashians is that chloe and tristan are having yet another child i died when i saw that gasped mouth wide open like, I thought that it was fake news. Like, there's just no way this could possibly be real. I I really had to go in and do a deep dive on the timeline of these two to fully understand, grasp, and make a decision, form an opinion about this. Because it felt unfair to Chloe to just continue to be ignorant, you know? Mm-hmm. So Let's I went, understand her side of things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I went to all of the classic Us Weekly people uh the analog one? yeah right exactly <laughs> it's like i'm not just relying on tiktok i'm going to the og news sources yeah right exactly the ones that you paid for what to tell me so here's the breakdown chloe and tristan started dating in 2016 
True was born in April of 2018. So they really didn't waste that much time, right? Because True had to be gestating for a quick nine months. So within two years, they had met, started dating, and had a baby. Mm -hmm. Tristan was exposed of having cheated on Chloe with multiple women earlier in the spring of 2018. While she was pregnant, right? Is when she found out. Right. Okay. So like right before she was about to give birth. Literally, right. Like mm-hmm. within I think a couple weeks. Distress. Right. So then they stayed together. They were trying to work it out, but they broke up for real, for real in February of 2018, shortly before True's first birthday in April, because Tristan kissed Jordan. Remember that? <gasps> oh, my God. I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. So for those of you not in the know, I can't believe that you wouldn't be, but not to be patronizing. But Jordan used to be Kylie's best friend. Jordan Woods. Jordan Woods. So she has been excommunicated from the Kardashian clan since then. And Chloe and Tristan broke up. However, during the pandemic, they got back together again. They were co-parenting during the pandemic. Whatever. Mm-hmm split again in June of 2021 so maybe made it like a year after another scandal with a woman named Sydney Chase very messy I didn't really know who she was but homegirl went on IG live exposing Tristan's texts and saying that he told her that Chloe isn't his type men are <laughs> trash men are trash also IG live like, that's trash that what was that what who made that decision you might as well have gone on facebook live that just feels like it was a rash like thing that it was yeah. just like fuck you right it I'm was going a on heat Instagram of the live. moment he must have done something to her yes. right because in the end it is his fault so then they were already so then they break up right june 2021 because of that yes and then later that year december 2021 Tristan is found to have fathered a child with Marley Nichols. So she gave birth to their son in December 2021. So he was she was already pregnant in June when they broke up because of this whole Sydney thing. Mm-hmm. So Tristan was just on one for the year of 2021. Yes. And now 2022, it's July. Um this new baby was apparently conceived in November of 2021. So this baby was conceived pre-knowledge of this Marley Nichols woman having his baby. The second woman. Right. They, the first one had already happened. Uh, right. So he has a kid who's five with. Oh, okay. So that's like woman. older. Yeah. 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 Okay. So she's, that baby is older than true. Mm-hmm. So then he has true with Chloe and then in 2018 and then there's like cheating scandals in the middle and then another baby who he got this girl knocked up like early 2021 when he was still with Chloe on his birthday okay yes. on his birthday and they were still dating and that the show was being filmed in like fall of 2021 so and they were like together at that point until she found out about this on the show with like the rest of the world. So this baby was conceived pre drama. Yes. So they're just like having this baby together now. Yeah. Because he 
knew he had a baby under like on the way because he was undergoing these like legal procedures because this woman was I guess suing him or trying to get him to pay child support or whatever so like he knew this was all happening that he was having a child while he like and he just kept it on the DL he kept on DL didn't tell Chloe and they was like yeah let's knock another surrogate up he is garbage because he went into that he said he was with Chloe they made that decision together to impregnate another surrogate and he was just like gonna go along with it forever it's just shocking it's it's and are they back together now shocking and yet not yeah i guess i mean love and respect chloe for wanting to have more kids or whatever but like with this man i mean i can get like why she gave him one too many chances because she wanted like an actual family and like wanted to do it for true Yeah, yeah, yeah like we get that but like oh my god he sucks he clearly does not respect you yeah. Like multiple has proven that multiple times. Well, have you been seeing all of the theories that like the reason why Kylie is now being so active and there's people even speculating that she's like was getting married was on like, oh, her I did bachelorette see that. trip yes. as a way that she's just trying to like cl- cover for Chloe off. right now. I mean, I would believe that because what was the other drama that if the news broke about their surrogate baby ahead of time that like Kylie has been hiding her baby's new name? Yeah. Yeah. So that if that broke, then she could like try to cover it up. And Kylie previously when Rob and Black China were supposed to have their own show and then, you know, their relationship went south, there was legal troubles. Kylie wrote the E executives and it was like, She's, like, notorious for, like, hate filming, and she's not on any of the shows a lot, but she was like, I will film more. I will give you my own show. Like, you can film a show about me if you don't do it about Rob and Black China, because she was trying to, like, cover for her brother. So right, because be- that would be a fucking shit show. Yeah. Like, Rob would get so embarrassed. It would not end well for anybody involved. It was just drama. So I feel like Kylie's, like, a really good sis, and is yeah. just trying to, like, take the heat off. Kylie's good looking out. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so. they're trying to rebrand Travis Scott as, like, the family man what? after this whole Astro world drama that's oh, the other theory no because they're like she has tiktoks of them like making a, a volcano with stormy is kind of adorable okay cute but like one volcano does not a family man make <laughs> <laughs> um anyway we just love dissecting the kardashians <laughs> it is both like i said it's like a train wreck you yes. can't help but watch it no it is the best train wreck <laughs> speaking of another train wreck oh my gosh an ex communicated family member of the kardashians right so kanye has had a a bit going on with this uh yeezy gap balenciaga situation here um over the weekend there was like a sample sale type of environment going on at the gap store um thinking in new york right yeah Yeah. so thinking that was just like a pop-up situation because earlier today new news saw an article talking about how uh, the Yeezy Balenciaga collaboration is going to be available in Gap stores, like mm-hmm. just broadly. Well, that was so, always the goal. That's I what he guess. Wanted. But then now, as of literally three hours ago, Demna of Balenciaga is saying, we are no more. It is over. So thoughts, I, opinions? I mean, it's not shocking. Like Kanye's very uncontrollable. He previously like he's Yeezy- a true artist. I that's my like always defense of him. It, like Van Gogh style, like crazy. Right, 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 right. Like unstable. And he started Yeezy with Nike. 
that got terminated quickly. He moved on to Adidas, which I'm very shocked that that's still running smoothly. But I feel like he's notorious for, like, picking these projects, going all in on them, like, hard and fast and not being able to, like, consistently deliver after the fact. People who have worked with him have had that same criticism that he just has an idea and wants it done now, where in the retail world, it does not work like that. He was supposed to have a, some kind of animation show with Kid Cudi. Uh, that was, like, four years ago that that got announced. Still nothing. Like, these creative... Right, these creative projects that he picks up and then puts back down. It's a miracle that any of them have really gotten off the ground, honestly. <laughs> but, okay, you want to know some tea about Gap? Yeah, here. So I was listening to How I Built This, um, NPR show, Love with Guy yes. Raz, and he had Telfar Clemens on. Cute. And I believe... I love an NPR moment. What? I love an NPR moment. Yes. So Telfar was supposed to have a collaboration with Gap. Okay. And then the pandemic hit. Oh. And then they just did not talk to him. It did not pay him for his time. What? And then they announced that they were having the Kanye Yeezy <gasps> collaboration. So they basically Whoa. like dropped Telfar for Kanye. With no like He was like, we couldn't even get a hold of people because everyone who was on that team got fired because of the pandemic. Ah and like layoffs. Oh my god. So I think he eventually did get like a cut check and like he was he's not mad about it. He's like it wasn't meant to be. And like mm-hmm, honestly, mm-hmm. the the pandemic really propelled his business forward yeah that's when i got my bag right so yeah he's doing great he's getting his bag but i just thought that was like kind of funny that they like dropped telfar for kanye who is i'm gonna guess difficult to work with i think that's a fair statement even though we've never worked with him and is demna (laughs) choosing kim huh maybe demna's choosing kim maybe demna doesn't want to work with kanye anymore Ooh, i mean the fact that they were both still in such deep Balenciaga ties. ties. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Like it was pretty incredible. They were writing out their contracts, perhaps. Yeah. And probably. then now it's just like we're done. I just swiped my hands. <laughs> so on the other hand, let's talk about Kim. Let's talk about Balenciaga. Right. Let's talk about the Balenciaga show. Yes. So we have a Balenciaga Couture show at Paris Couture Week. This is Demna's second Couture show for the house, and we're gonna set the vibe here. So you have an AI voicing a love poem over the show, very metaverse. And the first few looks that comes out is this new type of neoprene that mimics like a very smooth leather. And it's these slick, futuristic, all black looks. And then he starts presenting his couture version of the streetwear that's made Balenciaga so popular and probably such a money house lately. Mm-hmm. Is like these crumpled t-shirts, these hoodies, these jeans, which are very anti-couture. I feel like couture is known for these glitzy, glamorous dresses. Everything is hand done. Um, There's very particular standards. I believe only seven or eight houses can even show for couture week because it's regulated by like the French couture federation or something like that. Mm -hmm. And all of these models in the beginning are wearing these like black shield face covers, very Daft Punk style. Yeah, that is exactly what it's giving off. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you have the model face reveal where you have Kim Kardashian, Nicole Kidman, Dua Lipa, Bella Hadid, Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset, and Naomi Campbell are all maskless. So it feels like a very intentional, like the mask, like invisible person to the everyday life. Yeah. And to these like ultra well-known stars. And then they're in the more like, 
not Kim, but the other one. They're in more like traditional Balenciaga couture clothes versus like the everyday kind of streetwear that you're seeing in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And people were losing their minds that Kim was walking in Balenciaga couture. This was also supposed to be the kickoff to her decrying social media, right? Yeah, that was one TikTok. That was the theory. That this person, this person had said on TikTok that she was going to walk for the show. He said it like the night before it happened and that she was going to announce her retirement from social media, which I was like, couture show, sure. Social media, like that's where she makes her money. I don't don't think she can do that. Oh, I thought it was going to be a really nice rebrand moment for her. I thought she was going to like go the lawyer route. She was going to become a politician. Yes, I would agree that that would be a smart way to go, but it doesn't seem like that happened because this happened a few weeks ago. I haven't really... If I'm being honest, I don't think I follow the Kardashians on most social media. Oh, I'm served up Kardashian content left and right, and they, I eat it up. I mean, they just naturally show up on my stuff, and I get the news articles, and I feel like I'm good. Yeah. But back to the show. So people were having some kind of type of feeling about, like, Kim walking in the show and that this, like, what's in couture, X, Y, Z. And I just feel like... A, no one would even dress Kim 10 years ago. No designer mm. wanted to dress her. Like 10 years ago, yeah. Isn't that crazy, though? And now she's walking couture shows. And so kudos to you, Kimberly, because that is an incredible feat. Yeah. So I think, A, good for Kim. B, I think Demna is the mastermind marketer. Mm. He is known for making these like viral social media moments in his fashion shows in Fall Winter 22 or... Yeah, fall winter 22, you had models like walking in a snowstorm that they could barely walk. And then in resort this year, you have models coming down in gym mask at the New York Stock Exchange. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's really good at creating this new type of imagery to spread a fashion show. Whereas like in, you know, the 2010s, it's about the actual like image. It's about a photograph that's like going viral on social media. Mm-hmm. And now you need it to be a video moment. Yeah. So that does definitely create those. Yeah. He creates these like little snippets. You have even models during this couture show. It's most recent one that their gowns were too big for the entryways that they were struggling to get through the entry entryways. Mm-hmm. And like every bit of this brand and these shows are so thought out that that is not an oversight. That's not a mistake. Oh, definitely not. He's doing this so that people are like, why are you doing this? And then everyone's talking about it. And I think it's genius. Yeah. I think that there is going to come a point where I tire of it. I think a little bit because at the end of the day, it is a fashion brand and a lot of them could end up feeling like stunts and then it could feel cheap. Like mm-hmm. it's a very fine line to walk. I think you can only be at the top for so long. Yeah. But I, so in that book I was reading, Champagne Supernovas, they talk a lot about Mark and Mark Jacobs and Alexander McQueen. They both have their own labels, right? But they both were at the helms of other other labels. Right. McQueen was at Givenchy and then Mark Jacobs was at Louis Vuitton, but they both have very successful, like their own name labels. Like Dimna doesn't Mm. have that. And I would love to see him present his own, like kind of take his success that he's having now because when you are running a house that already exists your job is to come in and take the heritage of that brand and then infuse your design on it right but you still have to have like some aspects of what the balenciaga house is right that'd be very curious to see just like what his singular vision is yeah agreed i think that that would be a really nice way to continue the Mm storyline do it for the plot demna do it 
So those are our stories, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed this format because we certainly did. And with that, it's been so long and we have not done any outfit pictures. Yes. We're going to have all of these images that you'll want to look at on our Instagram at Verve Podcast, of course. You already know that, though. And we're following a little bit of a different structure. We're going to kind of give you a recap on what we've been wearing lately since it's been a minute. Yeah, we're out of our normal rhythm of taking <laughs> outfit photos every day. So I think we have a few scrounged up from over the weeks. And Katie, I'm going to make you start because your photos are before mine. That is A-OK. So my first outfit that I have is from our hiking adventures because part of what we were doing over this little break was going, like I said, to all of those weddings and wedged in between there because we weren't busy enough. We decided to go to a national park and check another one off of our list so we went to yosemite it was absolutely amazing what number is this this was number 20 okay out of 63 so we're like a quarter of the way there yeah yeah and we are gonna go there's a new one in west virginia uh, achievable yeah it's like six hours from here so we oh, that have, seems far i guess it's deep in west virginia it's deep in west virginia okay. so we're getting a plan to together to do that in the fall. So we'll check another one off. We are moving and grooving on that goal. So this trip really solidified my hot girl hiking aesthetic. Find it on TikTok, hot girl hikes. And new account. Yeah, new account. It's doing its thing. I'm loving it. It's really fun because, um, you know, creating super niche content is both fun and easy but also sometimes challenging like you can get as deep in the weeds as you want to but then you also have crazy people who come for your neck and because your experience is invalid because it wasn't theirs (laughs) right exactly if you had any sort of different experience than they did then you are wrong (laughs) but I had a great time with my hiking outfits this time around, and it was very straightforward. I had a matching set in three, four different colors. Um, three of them, three of the sets were all following the same format, this Amazon high-necked sports bra that is essentially a tank. I love it, obsessed with it, and some matching Lululemon leggings. So I have it in this ancient copper colorway, which magically happened to match. I have it in navy, and I have it in black. And it is my new uniform. I am only buying matching sets from here on out. The other one that I brought was a set active one, and very much enjoy it. It was an impulse purchase, but now I believe that I might be buying another item. I really want the one-shouldered situation. But I don't love any of the colors that they have going right now. So I'm just waiting. Is it like a romper or a jumpsuit? Oh, no, no, no. Not the new one. Um, But just like the bra with a legging set. I have an Amazon dupe. Oh, nice. My like periwinkle one. Mm, I would probably remember it if I saw it. I'll show it to you because it actually is one of my favorite sets. So maybe you could just do the Amazon version. Yeah. So that is what I have going on here and in my other hiking photo. But in this first one, I won't get ahead of myself. I'm wearing my ancient copper. I have on just light accessories because when you're on the trail, you don't want, you know, a lot going on, but you still want to be accessorized. Some utilitarian socks and my hiking boots. It's a pretty straightforward fit, but girls got to be functional in the woods. Yeah. And here's the thing is that when you go on to hiking TikTok, this is no longer functional. Everyone is like, oh, you're not a real hiker. 
people who are outdoorsy don't dress like that. Blah, blah, blah. Did you not catch the handle? Hot girl hikes? Literally, it is in the name. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to need you to hop off my dick. So then the second outfit version of this is the navy set. Had a flannel tied around my waist. Had some blue matching socks. Um, Grunge moment? Grunge moment. (laughs) Yes. This flannel is from Roots. If you're ever in the market for a flannel or you see one out thrifting, it's a Canadian brand. And I'm absolutely obsessed. Very soft. Very thick. Holds up super well. Perfectly oversized. Love. And my boots are Columbia. And I would advise smart wool socks for anybody listening who happens to want a hiking sock. Next outfit was from this week. My next three outfits are all from this week because I was like, oh, mm, we have a podcast coming up. Yes. (laughs) Better take some outfit pictures. So this first one is from when it was super duper hot. It's been super duper hot all day every day for it feels like eternity at this point but that it's is been a, a literal week it's been a very mild summer otherwise it feels like it's been forever <laughs> but that's probably also because our air conditioner is semi-broken ours was too we just got ours fixed we're getting a new one hopefully in two days the mm-hmm. guy came today it was running at pretty much constantly over the last month and we got our electric bill and it was horrible literally doubled <gasps> yeah so then we had to text our landlord and be like yo we need a new air conditioner is he like covering any of that did you ask uh we left it open and he didn't offer so i don't really know about pushing that but well i will say this is the first time you're living in your house over the summer and it like your our bill is always very more expensive in the summer in this i feel like in january and in july and august because you're like running your heat a ton in the super cold and then obviously the air conditioning. Welcome to our HVAC podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to clothes. My super hot outfit uh, wore this to go get dinner with my family who was visiting because they were leaving for a cruise out of Baltimore. And shout out to Adrian who used to yes, dance. Yes, on Carnival Cruise Line. Out of Baltimore. Yes. So they were big hype about leaving for this cruise. So we went to dinner and I wore this little black and blue gingham halter dress that I pretty much wore this exact same outfit. I think like the last time we did an outfit roundup. I was going to say, didn't you wear this coffee shop? Yes. Um, but wore some different necklaces. I wore my big chunky heart with my teeny heart layered another chain. And then I have my puppy purse instead of whatever bag I had to go to the coffee shop. So Uh, coach bag. Yes. Laptop. Yes. Next outfit is my Jersey Shore outfit. I am in front of one of those tents that I was talking about that people own on the on the church land. Okay, chic. Yes, yeah, so country chic. Rows and rows and rows of them, and they're just like a little camp. It's so freaking cute, and they all have adorable decorations out front. It's like, it's so cute. So I'm posing in front of there and I'm wearing my little airy rock and ruffle because it's an easy beach cover up. We love. Wore my blue and white striped menswear shirt, easy cover up. Wearing my, oh, I was hanging out with my Land's End friends um, because we all worked there at the same time. And so I wore my Land's End bikini from a time when there was like this horrible CEO. I'm like. I don't know why I'm airing this, but no one here who's listening to this cares about an ex-CEO from Land's End. (laughs) She was an absolute nightmare. She came from, why do I want to say she came from Dolce & Gabbana? 
Um, but what? Yeah, Federica. Um, I would be horrible too. Those are my circumstances. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Dolce and Gabbana. So <gasps> she was fabulous and horrific, like the definition of the devil's wear, the devil wears Prada. Mm. And uh, this swimsuit line was like one of her pet projects for like the younger consumer because the average consumer at Land's End is like ancient. So anyway, love this bikini. My little straw, not even straw, it's like just a woven brown tote and my new black leather flip-flops that I got because I have had brown ones and I was like, I just don't wear brown. Why do I own brown? I should just have black. I like them. I've been looking at them because you're wearing them now when you're podcasting and I love my tan ones. Yes. Black would be a good rotation. I think black would be a fabulous addition to your closet. I think that the classic flip-flop is going to be having a major moment in the coming years. Like, not that it ever really went away, but I think it's... it it, Like, the slide kind of reigns supreme for a bit. Yes, and I think we're moving back to the thong style. What brand do we have? Teaks. But I bought them on Posh. Oh, so you went bougie on them. Yes, I did. Mine are Cynthia Raleigh, $10 from Marshalls. My old ones were Lauren Conrad from Kohl's. (laughs) So they were for sure bought with Kohl's cash. <laughs> what a scam i know but i felt like i was gonna buy the adult version this time yes and my product of glasses oh and some like beaded necklaces i went i went back to 2020 summer with a martha what was her Cavallo, name yes victoria paris core yes um and i loved it it was a great time I had and then my last outfit is from Sunday when we went to a little French market. We went to see my friend's horse at her horse farm. Uh, like, it was just a really mom. adorable day. Yes. And so I'm wearing my Mickey Mouse overalls, a little black tank underneath, my classic Converse, Prada sunglasses, little woven bag again, and then this massive polka dot bow that I bought at the thrift recently. You know I love a hair bow. Love a hair bow. I felt like Mickey, Minnie Mouse. Yeah. With yes. the Mickey Mouse overalls. Like, it was an adorable moment. If I had had a red lip, I would have worn that, but I didn't have it with me. Red lip's not for the beach weekend. Right, exactly. It's not practical, but this would have been a really cute moment. I substituted with a red chair. Um, how is this coffee? Because it looks really good. It was decent. Oh, it was morning. Yeah, it was okay. It was like a seven. I hate rating things seven, but it was a true seven. Mediocre. I'm not going to think about it again. But the. Well, that's probably for the best. Yeah. The Otherwise, cris- you had to go to New Jersey. Right, exactly. But the croissant that I had, tomato, I <sighs> ate more cheese this weekend than I have in probably the last six months because Mary, shout out to you, cheese girly. And I do remember there being a lot of cheese at your house when she was last year. Yeah. <laughs> it's her signature. So. A true Midwest girl. Yeah, right. Exactly. I am hurting, but it was well worth it because this croissant that I had, it was a um, bechamel tomato Swiss croissant. That sounds incredible. It was like the cheese. It was layered. It was incredible. So that was the outfit that I wore to eat that amazing croissant. (laughs) And that is my week. Three weeks in outfits. (laughs) Let's talk about yours. Okay. Mine is mostly from last week. I think I might have thrown in one from the beach when I was there. So we'll start with that one. First off, we have a um, sunset boat ride. My bestie Bianca was in Maryland all the way over from California. Actually, she was here while you were in California, which is funny. so weird. Right? So I went down to Fenwick and visited her. 
and I'm wearing this like thrifted DKNY cream colored midi skirt that has had these like white ruffly laces and I laces lace but it also has laces in your corset oh fair I am wearing a corset that is also a cream <laughs> color it's lace up I bought it because I saw a girl wearing it on TikTok and I was easily influenced and I bought it from Verge Girl Australian boutique brand oh, yeah. Um, it is fast fashion quality. And I was like, oh. this is why I should not do this. Right. Every time I give in, I'm reminded why I shouldn't have. I regret it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this top is very, very cute. I got yeah, a lot of compliments. Super cute. It's just not going to hold up. It's not the best fitting. Mm. Like the, I think I can fix it. It's good. on my to-do list of fixing good, good, things. Good. And then I borrowed this orange, no, yellow crochet sweater from Bianca because it's really be loving chilly. that. You love it? Yes. I think uh, it looks really cute in this outfit. I really like the color. Thank you. Vibes. Thank you. I The skirt I also need to take in because she sits a little low in the waist. Mm. Bianca has this white midi skirt, and I wish it w- this was white. Fair enough. Because I see hers, and I'm like, that's what I want. I just bought a linen like mini skirt. Um, you can see it in my thrift haul. I did too. At Katie Gassman. And it is <laughs> shameless plugging, guys. Shameless plugging. Lincoln show notes. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was, it's like an off white, and I wish it was a true white, but it's fine. I'll get over it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'll just find, I do like this one, but I feel like I'm still on the hunt for a white one. It's a stand in, right, until you get something better. Yes. And it's thrifted, right? So it does give me my Carrie Bradshaw summer vibes, yeah. which is what I was looking for. Anyway, now we're going to going to go to this little black dress that I'm wearing in my mirror pic. We went to the coffee shop. We were preparing for an interview coming up. Oh, yeah. Out next week. Yes. With some Very if, excited to talk to them. Yes. Um, if you like handbags, sporty bags, this if is you your like episode. business. Mm-hmm. This we is your founders. Episode. Yes. So I... It was hot as hell this day. It was so hot. So I was like, mini dress, least amount of clothing. Um, this is the thrifted one. Very 90s. Just a button down the front. Very form-fitting. Having my little sexy moment. My Back to my three words, which we decided yeah. were sexy, sporty. I initially said polished. We yeah. changed it to chic because oh, I like that word okay, better. Yeah, Same still, thing, though. But it's important. Word Verbiage is important. Language is important. And I like the three short words, sporty, yeah. sexy, chic. Cute. Love that. So, and I feel like if I had a fourth, if I was allowing myself a fourth, it would be 90s. Yeah. Agreed. I Mine are all two syllable words. So they do kind of like boom, boom, boom. And I think that if I was also going to add a fourth one, it would be something 90s adjacent. I think that there's just a 90s vibe in general. But like I always have a 90s vibe. And it's like if you look at my favorite references in history, like it's literally the book that I read Alexander McQueen, Kate Moss, mm-hmm. Mark Jacobs, like very 90s based. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm rocking that here because I have my new Reebok Club C sneakers, mm-hmm. which I found at TJ Maxx for $40. And I was looking through my shop bought favorites the other day and I had these exact shoes favorited. Oh, I was like serendipitous. Yes. And then I have little ankle socks because like quarter socks, I mean, because those are the vibe of the moment. Mm-hmm. And then later that day, we went to happy hour with our friends. Little taco moment. Oh, yeah. And I had forgot a, about that. Yeah. Like, it was cute. A blur. Mm-hmm. I decided to change my outfit because I had been wearing it all day. So here I'm wearing my Skims like khaki colored 
crop top thing and then i have a matching khaki color like mini skirt on it's actually a squirt that was mm. thrifted so they were like the same color so i was like a very another mon- matching set but not exactly yeah a monochromatic moment i'm also wearing my sneakers here with the quarter socks and i threw on as a layer because i like to layer as the sun goes down this like really oversized thrifted is from old navy though like green and white striped button up i have my new mark jacobs bag i have a new um dog tag gold necklace that i thrifted i have been wearing these pearl hoop j crew earrings nonstop, and i think um half of our friend group has bought them by now <laughs> so i think you're like one of the only ones who doesn't have it i didn't even know that everyone else bought them already yeah caitlin steph That's Haley, so and i funny. bought them at the same time <laughs> i'm left out i have mini j crew pearls but not big ones Oh, I also have those mini ones that I found for free on the side of the road. Oh, your little dangly ones? Yes. Yes. So we love a J. Crew Pearl moment. Oh, but I did buy the J. Crew tube top. <gasps> I so love her. Well, yeah, I'm excited to put her on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, love that fit. Moving mm-hmm. on. Yeah, moving on. Oh, I also went thrifting at the beach, so I got a lot of stuff. Uh, So I got, like, a lot of stuff thrifting lately. And that brings us to this shirt. It's the one where I'm sitting in my car, and it is a floral silk wrap top. It's DBF. Very cute. Who's also a favorite of mine. Very good book about her, the woman who I wanted to be. Yeah. Love. I need to reread that soon. So just, like, a real – I need more color, and I need more tops. We've been – yes, that's been a – theme so i've been trying and i can't resist like what i find in high school i found this dbf top that was like purple with these ropes on it mm. and i gave it away and i have regrets but Ugh, that sad. that always happens something better will enter anyway this top love and i was like i need to thinking back to my words i was like i need to toughen this up because i love the idea of recently i think allison boinstein also said this but like you have these opposing aesthetics yes that you need to mash them yes so i think there's part of me that's very um like edgy leather boot jean focus and there's the other side of me that like likes preppy floral stuff and combine them yes right. so that's what i was trying to go for here so i have these uh faux leather paper bag green shorts from abercrombie and then i have a bunch of necklaces layered and the one that's like a choker it actually has like um, a little gold rose in the center and then these purple stones in the side. And that was my grandma's. And I, oh, like, never yeah. wear it. It's super cute. Thank you. And then my last outfit is in my very messy room. We're just going to ignore that. But <laughs> I was going to trivia. This was post a work happy hour. And I was already wearing this bodysuit with a pair of jeans. And I just swapped it out for a pair of shorts because trivia was outside. So it's a white cap sleeve um, kind of muscle Abercrombie bodysuit these denim shorts which you know I made myself because I don't wear denim shorts unless I made them myself I was going to ask are they new because I've never seen them before no they I, I held on them for I held on to them for a very long time when they were like slightly too small and now mm. they fit so they have coming back out um again I'm obsessed with these shoes I will not take them off I love a sneaker I love this ankle sock moment I'm obsessed with my new Marc Jacobs silver bag um, again, lots of gold accessories because that is the signature. And I also wore these less spec sunglasses a lot this week. Yeah. B- but that is my summer vibe. We have come so far. So far. From last summer. I would not want to listen to us. I bet we were so annoying. We're like, <laughs> I don't know what to wear. And now here we are in our summer confidence. Yes. And we're feeling great. Yes. I really do feel like even though there are, of course, moments where I'm like, I don't know what to wear. I figure it out because 
we are better prepared than we've ever been. Exactly. And like we both shop throughout this winter making strategic decisions for yeah. our summer selves. Yes, absolutely. And putting in the work ahead of time really, really helped us out. We did it. We did it. Hooray! Okay, with that, guys, again, exciting interview next week. Yep. A lot of interviews coming up, actually. Yeah, we are booked and busy for 2022. And we would like to continue to be booked and busy. So if you're listening to this and you want to be on the show, send us an email. Yeah, shoot us an email. Shoot us a DM, a DM if you have someone that you would love to hear from. Send us their profile. Literally, we Literally are- talk to us. That's all we want. Yeah. <laughs> We're taking suggestions on who you would like to hear from. And we can do the legwork to get them on here because we only want to make content that you want to listen to. So let us know. Leave us a review. Five-star review, preferably. Yes, we had our first non-five-star review. And I was kind of excited about it. I'm not going to lie. I was like, controversy is good. Yeah, controversy is what keeps things moving along. And if you disagree with us, too bad. Well, also, like, tell us so we know, like, why you disagree, but... Anyway, enough of that. Wait, is five stars. And with that, we'll yeah. talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Verve is the only source for everything fashion on the internet. If you've been inspired to get dressed up for yourself this week, tag us to be featured on our Instagram at Verve Podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Katie Gassman and at Anna Grace Averett. Links are in the show notes. This podcast is written and produced by Katie Gassman and Anna Grace Averett. Edited by Katie Gassman. Creative direction by Anna Grace Averett. This has been a three beverage media production.